All right, welcome to Shout Out Patriots. I'm Martin Moyer, your host, and joining me today is Alec Rooney, the news editor for Christian Action Network. Sitting in for Pastor Jason Bender is Patty Perucci, and she's a freelance writer for my Substack column and has been the news editor for Christian Action Network for a while. In previous times, producing the show is Michael Moyer, and in Columbus, Ohio, is attorney David Carroll, who is also the chairman of Christian Action Network, which is sponsoring this program. Uh, David, so I understand that uh, I'm not going to be able to call you an attorney anymore after February of next year. You're resigning. Uh, I didn't say I was resigning. <laughs> I am, but I'm retiring. Oh, okay. That's a, That's a nicer word. Yeah, yeah. Big difference. Okay. You're retiring. <laughs> well, it's a big difference. I'm I'm retiring. I'm I'll, my my license will go inactive, but I'm not giving up my license completely. Okay, can't do that. But I'm 74 years old, so it's time. Well, you don't look 74. Oh, you right, look yeah. like you should still be in front of a judge, if you ask me. Thank you. Very kind. Especially especially defending people like me. <laughs> As an attorney, we must we we hasten to add. Try not to get in that position. I want to start off today with a story that came out in the Intercept on October 31st, in which they revealed some confidential emails and portals that the U.S. government is using in order to clap down on people's free speech rights by going after big tech. So this is a really new story. Yeah, and Intercept, by the way, is a left-wing publication. Yep. Yeah, so it's really even more shocking that they would be the ones to release this. And not surprising, there's not a bunch of mainstream media stories that have followed up on the Intercept story. Wow. Yeah, wow. More <laughs> sarcasm here. Yeah. <laughs> Knock me over with a feather. All right, I want to read some quotes from this story, and I hope it's not boring, but I think people need to know some of the material that is in this article. So let me start. Years of internal DHS memos, emails, and documents obtained via leaks in an ongoing lawsuit, as well as public documents, illustrate an expansive effort by the agency to influence tech platforms. This is the Department of Homeland Security. Well, ju not just them. No, it goes on. Behind closed doors and through the pressure of private platforms, the U.S. government has used its power to try to shape online discourse. In particular... Discussions about COVID, racial justice, the U.S. withdrawal of Afghanistan, and, of course, the Hunter Biden laptop story. Prior to the 2020 election, the article states, tech companies including Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Discord, Wikipedia, Microsoft, LinkedIn, and Verizon Media met on a monthly basis with the FBI, CISA, and other government representatives. According to NBC News, the meetings were part of an initiative still ongoing between the private sector and government to discuss how firms would handle misinformation during the election. But they didn't stop there. Anybody surprised by that? No. Oh, I was, I've been a big Reddit user and fan for quite a while now. And when they got rid of the Donald, which was the Donald Trump subreddit, which was like the funnest the funniest place on the internet. Um, I never forgave him for that. That was just the dumbest thing ever. And now that you know that they are working with the FBI, right. season, <laughs> other government agencies, right. 
Right. And they, yeah. their BS exp- explanation doesn't, doesn't hold up at all. Now we know why they did it. All right. The article states that in June of 2021, the Department of Homeland Security Committee issued a report calling on the agency to closely monitor social media platforms of all sizes, mainstream media, cable news, hyper-partisan media, talk radio, and other online resources. Well, that's a power grab, isn't it? I mean, they got everybody. Well, isn't hyper-partisan media like everything that they just mentioned all rolled up into one anyway? Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess so, right? The <laughs> mainstream media is hyper-partisan, that's for sure. Mm. Twitter. Media is media. They're free to be as partisan or not partisan as they want to be. Mm-hmm. It's called free speech. Now, here's the most shocking thing, I guess, uh, because it's out there. Not shocking that it's happening, but shocking that it is now out there. There's also a formalized process for government officials to directly flag content on Facebook or Instagram and request that it be throttled or suppressed through a special Facebook portal that requires a government or law enforcement email to use. It's kind of difficult to know from this article which way this is uh, moving I left did, I, to right. I, I disagree with what you just said. You 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 said that uh, there is a portal where they get to flag uh, misleading or whatever they want to call this post that they don't like. Um, so it, for it, in order for that statement to be true, it'd have to be the government flagging it to alert Facebook or, or Twitter of a certain post. So, so it has to be going from the government to Facebook, not Facebook asking the government if this is okay. That's true uh, in the way that you're interpreting that statement. But I did read an article uh, less than two weeks ago where it was revealed that Facebook was sending posts to the FBI. So I don't know. Oh, well, I can I'm, easily imagine it working both ways. Or yeah. somebody in the government <laughs> sees something that needs to come down and they tell Facebook and Facebook falls all over themselves to comply with the government. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. Now, here's probably one reason why the government is doing this. Because once ISIS was defeated in Syria and Iraq, all these government snooping agencies had a bunch of employees sitting around at their desk, twiddling their fingers, saying, well, what do we do now? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the article says, so the agency, HHS, redirected 80 employees to focus on individuals who post information and data designed to drive a wedge between the populace and the government. So if you post something that these 80 employees think is driving a wedge between the populace and the government. That gets flagged, and then it gets sent to Facebook and Twitter and to Google or whoever they're sending this stuff to for possible throttling or possible suppression. So government deciding what's driving a wedge between people and government. <laughs> Absolutely. Conflict, perfectly fair to Conflict me. of interest there, maybe? <laughs> the whole point of this government operation is to curtail misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. I have to tell you, I had to look up and see what the difference was between those different three terms, right? What's the difference between misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation? Well, disinformation's a Russian term. That's what they used to call, you know, when they would uh, begin a campaign of lies and falsehoods. Right. So disinformation that's, that's disinformation. Is, yeah, is lies. Yeah. And malinformation is malicious lies. 
like really, really <laughs> yeah, dangerous the, lies. Those really bad lies. Yeah, well, well you know, there's, there's white lies. Yeah, there's, and there's, there's little yeah, white lies. There's yeah. difference. Yeah. Uh, to me, it all means information the government doesn't want people to know. <laughs> well, I sum it up as basically they've opened the door to look at anything and everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Because someone sitting at a desk inside of HHS, if you're one of those AD employees, can interpret almost any post out there to fall under one of those categories if they wanted to. Right. They, they've made themselves the arbiters of truth. Yeah, like uh, like a laptop that you know got left off at a repair shop. That definitely seems like mis and dis and malinformation there all by itself. And, and much of the information that was called disinformation is now verifiably true. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, very well, odd. The problem is the article is out there now. We now know they are doing it. There's emails that have been uncovered. Uh, t- some people have come forth in the lawsuit being brought by uh, Louisiana, Missouri, uh, that has uncovered some of the details of the operation behind these closed doors. But the question is, okay, so we now know, but what's the punishment for the U.S. government doing this? It's out there. You know, right. before the show, we were talking about uh, if the U.S. government has all these different agencies already trying to suppress what you say, and let me tell you who these government agencies are that's pointed out in this article. The FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force, the Department of Homeland Security's Countering Foreign Influence Task Force, the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, that's CISA, and the Secret Service. These are all the people. That doesn't even include the post office, by the way, because oh, they're yeah. out there doing it. They're doing it, too, in their own clumsy way. Yeah. <laughs> the Secret Service, that kind of surprises me. Well, you know, they have to guard the president, so they got to know what so you might be saying. So they have to know saying. what to lie about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have all these agencies already inside the U.S. government, what we were talking about before is then why did they need to start the disinformation governments right. board. Right. What was the point of that? And I think uh, one of you two hit the nail on the head. I think it was me. Is because they want you to accept it. They want to do it out in the open. They want everybody to see what they're doing and think it's just normal now. Yeah, this is the open mm-hmm. for public consumption version of all that. Well, yeah, because you're going to get used to it, right? You know, because eventually this information was going to come out whether it came out through the Intercept or through the ongoing lawsuit between uh, with uh, Louisiana and Alabama, mm-hmm. it was going to come out. So yeah. let's get ahead of the game. Let's announce that we have this disinformation government's board intact. Get people used to the idea that this is what government does. And it's good for you. And it's good for you. So when all this secret information finally comes out, you're not surprised. You're not bothered by it. Right. We've so justified why we need to do it. So you're saying that the disinformation board is kind of a trial balloon. Yeah. There was their way of putting it out there and seeing seeing how people reacted to it. And notice they pulled it back pretty quickly, or at least they said they did. You, you they know, dissolved yeah. that thing really fast. What is so upsetting to me is just how often we see how stupid the government thinks Americans are. I mean, they're yeah. always doing stuff like this right. that they think, oh, if we just say it's okay, the American people are going to believe that uh, the government can do it. But well, they, they have been able to control us. May, they make us afraid enough. They have been able to control us. They've proved that in the last couple of years. 
Well, I wonder how much effort all these people inside the feds do for Joe Biden, right? Because last week he came out and said that when he took office, gas was five dollars a gallon. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fifty. Right. That's the information because that's what he wanted it to have right. been. Yeah. He counted a couple of extra states. Yeah, too, he said he? there's fifty-four yeah. states. Yeah. What? You know, and yeah. I, how did I miss this? I think those are all <laughs> trial balloons too. We're all just—it's just an attempt to normalize absolute, absolute, yeah, incompetence <laughs> and and uh, and and. Chaos. Chaos, yeah, from, from the highest levels. Yeah, I think I actually have the reason why Joe Biden came out and said there were 54 states right before the midterms. Because now he can claim there's at least four states out there right. that's not suffering from inflation, yeah. high gas prices, <laughs> <Right>. high crime. <laughs> he's working on the other 50, yeah. but he's got four that do not have this problem. Yeah, Everybody's got to start moving to those states now. Well, I'm sure those four are the ones that voted for his uh, college bailout right. reform bill. They're the ones that <laughs> voted for him. Yeah. All right. So now we know that the feds are gathering up all these posts that people are putting online. And you might ask the question, how does the U.S. government monitor all of these posts? You can understand Facebook monitoring all these posts because that's what they do. And they got all the employees to see what everybody's posting up there. Uh, but how is the U.S. government monitoring all these posts? And apparently the U.S. government has spent a lot of money on a couple of programs. One's called Babel X and the other is called Data Miner. And they've spent millions of dollars so that they have access to everybody's posts. That's scary alone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got the U.S. government with all these different agencies out there that now have spent millions of dollars to get a program to monitor what everybody is putting up on all the social media mm -hmm. that's out there. Was Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Gab TV? I don't know. Just when everything. Did, when did Facebook really blow up and become a thing? And when you, when you see it's only been 10 years, 12 years. And this is how long it took them to completely turn it into a, uh, a government operation, a government surveillance, a, operation. A surveillance tool. This is how long it took. Yeah. You, you know, uh, what's even more disturbing is uh, thinking that, one, the government is watching what you're saying and trying to silence you, but then realizing that they're just having some AI program out there do it for them. Yep. So now we are under control of just some program. Right. You know, There's all the stuff you say and write and post isn't being read by anyone it's just being stored and somebody can write the algorithm that pulls it out yeah mm -hmm. that's the danger and so one of my questions is if the u.s government's gathering all these posts and they're sending some of them off to facebook in hopes that they're throttled or suppressed or eliminated what is the u.s government though doing with those names are they putting them on a list somewhere are they keeping track? Well, they are I mean, being do they have a database that, of your name? That that new, well, it's not all that new. The in Utah, that new NSA building that's mm -hmm. that was vastly expanded to hold all of the stuff, all of our data, you know, for the centuries to come. Mm -hmm. That's where it's being stored. Now, if they want to pull it out, they can, but that's where it's all going. David, maybe you can help me with this one. The Privacy Act of 1974 was enacted after the Watergate scandal and it restricts government data collection on Americans exercising their First Amendment rights. All right, so we have a law out there. 
that protects us. And we have an article out there and a lawsuit that's going to show the government is violating the Privacy Act of 1974 and not only storing this data, not only gathering it up and collecting it, but they're using that information to then suppress your free speech rights. Does everyone in the United States have a class action lawsuit they can file against Homeland Security, the FBI? Well, that's a good question. Uh, if you asked me about that before, the, I could have done a little research. So I really don't know whether that could fly. But I can say this, that you know, the government, United States government has a long history of lying to the American people. In the Vietnam War, the Pentagon was lying about the successes in Vietnam. Uh, the government has been, well, every time Joe Biden speaks, <laughs> he can't seem to tell the truth. I mean, it's a long history of it. But the most telling thing seems to me about the Biden administration is, if there's a law out there that they don't like or don't want to follow, they just don't follow it. Mm -hmm. They ignore it. They pretend it's not there. This is nothing new for the Biden administration. You mean like pretending that the Privacy Act of 1974 isn't there? I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. Exactly. Right. Who's going to enforce it? Yes. Who's going to come and penalize well, them? David, I wish I could have uh, sent you that question earlier, but I just thought of it as I was reading the statement myself, so I didn't have time to you know, slip your note, because you're in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm here in Lynchburg, Virginia. And otherwise, I would have slipped your note and said, hey, I'm about to ask this question on you. That's the disadvantage of being remote. Well, cl class, actions are, class actions are very complicated, and the courts have recently done a lot of decisions about how people don't have standing to challenge what the federal government's doing. And that's where there would be a big problem with trying to enforce the Privacy Act. It, it would have you'd have to find somebody who was actually damaged by what the federal government is doing and as i say i haven't been able to the research to to look into that well i the tell you what government certainly deserves to get slammed down with this lawsuit brought by missouri and louisiana perhaps the information is going to come out exactly who they suppressed what names they gather because look this law was passed not about uh simply suppressing people's first amendment rights it restricts the government even from collecting that data much less if they do anything with it afterwards so if this lawsuit comes out and your name is disclosed as having been collected by the u.s government and then perhaps you can show that my post was eliminated from facebook whether it's class action or not, I would think that person would have a right to sue have a cause for of a action. violation of the Privacy Act of 1974. But what about the Patriot Act? Didn't that give the government some rights to surveil us in the name of national security? No, I think the uh, uh, that particular Patriot Act only would apply if it was the communication you were having with someone overseas. And it would have to start with that overseas person that communicated to you first before they could then do it, not from you to your neighbor. I think the FBI and the, the uh, bureaucrats have expanded their interpretations of the Patriot Act well beyond that, Marty. Mm -hmm. They're not living up to the restrictions that were intended. They're finding ways to twist the words in order to, to increase their surveillance. 
the scary thing to me, and you haven't even touched on this much about this whole thing, is the, the government, which has a long history of lying, as we talked about, is suddenly pretending to be the arbiter of truth yep. and <laughs> enlisting big tech to enforce the government's version of truth, that's which is usually a lie or frequently a lie because that's what the government has been doing. It is a completely untrustworthy operation. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with this lawsuit out of Missouri. That There are a lot of, of, of folks that are uh, involved in that lawsuit, and it's really, really an important case. Earlier today, we did a Google search yeah. that said <laughs> Homeland Security uh, Suppression. And we wanted to see what mainstream media was picking up this Intercept article. And if you went to Google, it wasn't there. Yeah, It just wasn't there. If you went to Bing, it was there. If you went to DuckDuckGo, it was there. And not just there one time. It had dozens of articles that we found talking about this Intercept article. But if you punched in that same search on Google, we found zero. So there's still some competition out there. There's still some... However, most people are using Google. 92% right. of all searches are done on Google. So yeah. that's so, the downside. However, we do have to dig harder, and that's what the government's counting on, is that people won't get past the Google search engine. David. Well, and then harken it back to the, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop during the election. We knew about it. We knew what was going on with the laptop. All the conservative activists knew about it. But the government did a great job of suppressing that information during the election. I think it probably turned the result. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and so the government has been very effective in shutting down information that it doesn't like, even when it's true, maybe especially when it's true. I mean, the truth is the biggest disinformation the government's trying to shut down. All right, I'm going to throw this next issue over to David. But before I do so, uh, Michael, can you put the image up on the screen? Well, uh, let me explain that I, I did receive it in the mail. And it was addressed to the former tenant of my apartment or current resident. So I don't feel bad about reading it. Um, I'm the current resident. It says this on one side. Important voting information. Whether you vote is public record. And on the other side... The same theme, Ohio voting records are public. Who you vote for is private, but whether or not you vote will be part of those public records. So, and this was sent out by the Ohio Democratic Party, as you can see. And as you read it, it looks to me that it is clearly an attempt to intimidate wow. voters. And I'm sure it's sent to to uh, registered Democrat voters, it's, it's clearly an attempt to intimidate them into going to the poll. Now, I'm, I'm all for promoting voting. I'm all for that, but not through threats and intimidation. So, so what this is saying is whether you or not you vote will be part of those public records. The message is clear to me. Yes. We... Big Brother and the Democratic Party are watching you. If you don't vote, if we're going to come If you don't go vote, there will be consequences because we're going to know because whether or not you vote will be part of the public record. Well, I think it's even worse than we know who you are because what it really implies is that not only do we know whether you voted or not, 
but we are going to make it public that you did not vote. Right. Or we're going to do something to you because we know who you are. Yeah. And once we have absolute power, we're coming for you, buddy. Yeah. And that's what I hear. What David is pointing out, nothing in that flyer that he got explains to the people who receive it what the Democrat Party plan on doing with this information other than letting you know we now have it. Right. And that's going to let those demons work in your brain. Right. I mean, what in the world makes someone design a card like that and take it to the post office and send it to thousands and thousands of people? What makes them do that? What's well, simple? It's simple. What, what made them do it? The Democratic Party's desperate in this election. I think that's pretty clear. And out of their desperation, their get-out-the-vote efforts, they've turned to in threats and intimidation. And in terms of, of what Marty was just saying, doxing has become a big problem in this, in this country. The, and the Democrats are, what, are the biggest perpetrators of doxing. Look what they did to the justices of the Supreme Court when they overturned Roe. They published on the internet private information, their private homes. The, the Kavanaugh even had a, a guy who was at, went to his home to kill him. And, and so the threat of making public the fact you didn't vote, you didn't vote, and we're watching. Yeah, that's my point. I think that's dangerous and nasty well, and David, intimidating. I'm wondering, did you ever call anybody about that, your local election board or your, your polling place? Actually, I did. I called the attorney general's office. They sent me to the Ohio Elections Commission, and they sent me to the local county prosecutor. I know the local county prosecutor. He's a, he's a, he's a good man, but he's a Democrat. So the Democratic Party butters his bread because he has to stand for re-election as county prosecutor. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any faith that he's going to do anything about it, but we'll see. Oh, you should put that up on Facebook. Oh, wait, that won't work, will it? <laughs> <laughs> Forget about that idea. Hey, you know, I noticed something not the same as this, but it kind of goes along with it. Uh, I went out to the grocery store uh, the 31st, and the lines were incredibly long. And the uh, cashiers there were quite upset about the long lines and the very full carts. And they were actually explaining to me why that was. And she said, and I quote, our illustrious government decided to give everybody a bunch of extra EBT credits at the end of the month for some reason. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder who, wh wow. what they're buying with that extra wow. EBT cards that they're actually giving out right next to, you know, midterm elections. That's, that's a desperation move, too, because mm -hmm. how many people go, oh, I can buy, you know, four more packs of Oreos. I think I'm going to go out and vote for a Democrat. Oh, I mean. <laughs> is that what they were hoping they're, they're would so happen? They're so easily bought, my goodness. <laughs> that, yeah, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. But there is nothing these people will not do to win. I yeah. mean, it ties into the lead of our topic with the Intercept article. Uh -huh. They will suppress you. They will gather your name. They will look at your post. They will follow you. And they got million dollars worth of equipment to follow you and I see what you're saying and to stop you from saying what you want to say. All right, so my next topic is... I got to ask you, are you a SOGI? Anybody here know that? Whether you are or not, are you a SOGI? All right. Well, of course you don't know. <laughs> not right? touch that one. All right. In the United Kingdom, the National Health Service are training doctors about gender unicorns and learning about gender identities such as polygender and gender F asterisk CK. It's a two-hour training 
course, for these doctors, and it includes visual slides. All right, so I had to look this up. The like, NHS is the doing heck? this? The NHS and the United Kingdom okay, yeah. is doing it. Their, their national health service. Their national health yeah. service, right. Two hours training so that they can learn what a gender unicorn right. is. But there aren't just men and women out there. Right. Uh, and they have to have visual slides. And t- it takes two hours to explain this, right? All right. But it's nevertheless, after I looked it up to find out exactly what a gender unicorn is, I discovered <laughs> that you don't need to be a doctor to get that type of training in the United States. All you need to be is a student in some public schools, such as in Seattle, where students are told that everyone is a sogate. Let's play that tape, Michael. The Gender Unicorn is a graphic produced by Trans Student Educational Resources. The Gender Unicorn provides us with visual representation of the range of SOGI experiences that are common among most people. SOGI stands for Sexual Orientation, Gender Identity, and Gender Expression. The Gender Unicorn helps users capture the difference between gender identity, who we know ourselves to be, gender expression, how we express our gender, biological sex, genitals, chromosomes, and hormones, physical attraction, and romantic attraction. Everyone has a soji, and everyone's soji is unique to them. All right, everyone has a soji. You have one, Maddie. That's a whole lot to to have to take, you know, to deal with. That's a lot of stuff. Skin is crawling. (laughs) I know. Yeah, so if it takes doctors, doctors of all things, two hours to understand this, what are you doing to these little kids out there in Seattle and all these other public schools? Because that's just in Seattle. This That little soji thing is in public schools across the nation that they're teaching kids to be a soji. You imagine coming home to your mom and saying, Mom, I am a soji, hmm. right? She'd probably just brush it off as some wild fantasy, right? Wouldn't have a clue what you're talking about and just dismiss it. We know our schools are now allowing kids to be furries. Have you heard about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> furries? So, where they, like, they, they're they like a spirit animal and they adopt an animal to represent the spirit. I'm not sure I get it, but... Um, it's yeah, basically our, it's like... It's in our local schools here. It's a, it's the species version of transgender. You're trans, I guess. You're trans species. I guess. And but you can our put schools on, are encouraging it. You put on cat ears or doggy yeah, tail. Yeah, you, you come dressed as an animal, and you're the spirit version of that animal. Yeah, I saw a video of one of these people, and they were this girl. She was purring when she got pet by her friend, and I mean, it was. Well, it, it's, it's called it's playing pretend, you know. It's like it used to be what used, little little toddlers did. Right, yeah, right, except this lady kids. was like thirty. You'd, you'd <laughs> pretend you were a lion or a panther or a, you know or a elephant. But, or, but I think it's in our high schools. So. Yeah. yeah, and it's like has a sexual component. I'm too, sure it does. Just, I'm sure it does. Yeah. I'm going to start something new in our podcast, and it's called the Taking a Stand segment. Americans out there taking a stand against this craziness that's coming to their doorsteps. So I'm going to start with a Florida father, and he's in West Palm Beach. He is suing the Palm Beach County School Board after his son disclosed that his computer science teacher hung two LGBTQ flags in the classroom, and then the teacher told the students in the class to do a web search and find out about LGBTQ identities and issues. The father told the local NBC affiliate, I don't send my child to that school to be taught homosexuality and taught gay pride. 
I thought we sent children to school to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic, taking a stand. In San Diego, this is pretty cool, more than 15,000 people attended a freedom rally held at the water park on October 29th. One of the attendees said, we're hoping California paves the way, just feeling like our state is no longer free or headed in a way not to be free. So 15,000 people out there in San Diego. In California, yeah. That's a pretty conservative area, I mean, for California. Yeah, for California. (laughs) But uh, yeah, in California, that's pretty amazing. But just being out there and taking a stand, because that's what Shout Out Patriots is all about, trying to inspire people to take a stand out there right. and not cave in. So and I want to stand up to this idiocy that's just becoming more and more outrageous and intense all around us. I think more people would if it wasn't maybe for that first story that we had about all the surveillance going on. I think more people uh, would be more willing to speak out. Well, uh, considering that first story, maybe they are. <laughs> And they just got taken yeah, down. I think they are, too. All right. Despite the explicit ban on displaying a pro-police flag, students from Sagas High School Centurion's football team in Santa Clarita in L.A. County uh, went ahead and displayed the flag at a Friday night game against Golden Valley. In September, William S. Hart Union High School District Superintendent Mike Coleman decreed that the thin blue line flag uh, representing the support of the police could no longer be carried onto the field. The local NAACP chapter said the flag is a tool utilized by those determined to stoke division and justice and exclusion. But lots of people took a stand, not just a a student on the field waving the flag. Many in the crowd wore T-shirts that read, The blue had our backs, now we back yours. And here's the video. Well, I'm glad to see that's happening if it's, if it's pissing off the left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I object to the blue line flag from a more from the right in that it's a violation of the flag code. I don't know if this is the time or place to bring it up, really. But uh, the flag, the U.S. flag code, code states that you do not do not deface the flag and you do not put your own colors or pictures on it. And uh, so I have a bit of a problem with it. Yeah, but, well... Uh, in this particular case, though, I'm happy that it's that uh, the right people are getting annoyed. <laughs> I think a lot of people do share uh, your views from the conservative point of view mm-hmm. that it is defacing the American flag. Um, the red line one does, too. I just got so many other things to worry about. It's just not yeah. top of my li- right. agenda to get all that riled up about, right. about it at the moment. Nor am I getting riled. Nor are you getting <laughs> I've never seen you riled. Just Alec. putting it out there. I'm not sure it's possible. <laughs> Maybe eventually we'll hit that button, but I have never seen it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not something we want to see. <laughs> <laughs> Beware the anger of the silent man. That's true. That's true. Soft, soft-spoken man. It's like uh, trying to see David Carroll riled. I rarely ever see him i've seen I mean, him he, get pretty fired up yeah he's fired up but uh <laughs> you know actually riled mad angry shouting you know going off you know the deep end i've never seen him do no that. no no it's not his style no of course you know he's an attorney because he can get at you in an entirely different way right. than he's got a different what we can yeah <laughs> he's got secret ammunition he's not all bluster <clears throat> all right in southern illinois a high school teacher was suspended and it's under investigation after he refused to let a biological girl change in the boys' locker room. His name is Cody Hiller, and he has been a teacher at the West 
Frankfort High School for 14 years, and he explained it this way to Todd Starnes on his podcast. A biological female wanted to change in the boys' locker room. When I was notified of this, I went to our administration and let them know that I would not allow that to happen. Then I was placed on administrative leave. No surprise there, right? Mm. When asked why he had a problem with a 14-year-old girl changing in the boys' locker room. (laughs) (laughs) What a question. Stupid question of the year. (laughs) Cody Hiller said, it's not safe for anybody. It's not right. I think all students should be protected. All of them, no matter how they identify. But it's just not safe. It's not safe. It's not the safe place to be. I am a Christian. I do have my own beliefs on this as well. But you don't have to be a Christian to believe this either. It's just a matter of right and wrong. And it's a line that I was not willing to cross. So there's a guy taking a stand. Yeah, good statement. You know, people that are actually, you know, putting their uh, college careers on the line, Mm -hmm. you know, putting their jobs on the line, they're actually having to fork over money to file lawsuits because of what they're doing to their kids. These are people who are taking a stand. And it's encouraging, I think, to the rest of us. You know, it's very difficult to be the first one out of the gate, right? To mm-hmm. say that, right. oh, I'm going to do this. Follow me. Yeah. Because yeah. then you might turn around and then no one's following you. Yeah. Well, and the so, cancel culture is so obvious. I think that's pretty terrifying to the average person. All right. I think that wraps us up for this evening. Thanks, everyone, for joining our show. And when you watch it, please share this episode with your friends. We need some shares. We need some likes. Uh, We're growing, and we appreciate all the fans that have been tuning in. kind of surprises me, but we're doing very well. Thank you very much for watching and for joining and hopefully for sharing. See you next week.